will charitable giving look like in the next two years? A highly reliable resource is now available for your fundraising planning. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my talented colleague, Dr. Una Osley. Una oversees the research of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And frankly, we're so fortunate that she's able to be with us at this table because she truly is in demand across the world to speak about charitable giving uh, here in the United States and also in international context. So Una, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, through your leadership, our school just released the Philanthropy Outlook Study. What does the study show? The Philanthropy Outlook, as you know, looks at what uh, the forecast or projection for growth in philanthropy over the next two years, so in 2019 and 2020. And for both years, we do show steady growth, a higher in 2019 than in 2020, and a number of factors uh, are at play here primarily the role of the economy. As the economy grows, we know that giving grows, and specifically, uh, as individuals feel more confident and more secure, both economically and financially, they're able to allocate more resources to uh, their giving. When people have more money, they give more money, the so-called wealth effect. Absolutely. And that's why this study looks at this wide range of economic indicators uh, to try to look ahead on what charitable giving will look like. What are some of the percentages that you think could be possible in these next two years? So one thing we do specifically in the philanthropy outlook this year is we sketch out a number of scenarios. Mm -hmm. There's a high growth scenario, a medium growth scenario, and a low or uneven growth scenario. So what I encourage our uh, listeners, our viewers to do is is actually look very carefully at those scenarios rather than focus on any one number. Mm -hmm. We do show higher growth for foundations uh, because foundations tend to use a long run a rolling average, sometimes a three to four year average, sometimes even five year average to allocate their giving. Mm -hmm. And so uh, because we've had record uh, stock market growth over a number of years, we expect uh, continued growth for foundations, giving by foundations. Uh, we also see some growth with individual giving and uh, perhaps lower growth with corporate giving uh, over time. Help me understand that last point about corporate giving because corporate profits, the reports have still been relatively strong compared to history. Uh, the corporate profits often drive corporate giving. Why is there the possibility that our fundraisers maybe should not expect as much from corporations in these next two years? What we've seen over time is that corporations respond to industry aggregates rather than overall economic mm -hmm. growth. So mm -hmm. although overall uh, corporate profits have been high, this varies by industry and certainly we're seeing some industries not uh, do as well in this economy as others. So the advice for the fundraisers in the audience is really to pay attention to the, their specific corporate donors, the industry-wide performance measures, and how those uh, communities are faring. So the numbers that were reported out in the media were a 3.4% increase for 2019, a 4.1% increase for 2020. But as you mentioned, those are more what averages of the three scenarios. Again, how can that be useful data for the fundraiser? So I would uh, recommend for fundraisers to use that as a bit of a benchmarking, mm -hmm, uh, to mm -hmm. use it as a way of planning, but then also to look at their own donors and to look at their own uh, industry and how that particular subsector is faring. Uh, 
uh, as we know overall uh, that those numbers give you a bit of a target, a bit of a contextual sense, but each uh, organization is going to be very different and the factors that drive giving are going to be slightly different from one organization to another. And we've talked a lot in this podcast about foundations and corporations and of course our audience, very astute, knows that the vast majority of charitable giving happens from individuals, upwards of 80 to 85 percent when we include donor advised funds, the creation of foundations, certainly uh, planned giving and so forth. So what's the news for giving from individuals in this forecast? So what we know is that individual giving is continuing to be the big uh, driver of charitable giving, just mm -hmm. like we've seen in the past. So individual giving should still be the foundation of all planning, okay. certainly reaching individual donors. Uh, but increasingly what we're seeing is that individuals are using a variety of vehicles. Um, they're also evolving in how they give. So paying attention to that overall context, whether that in individual gives from their foundation or whether they give directly. So paying attention to all the different sources of giving as well as the particular subsector because we do have some subsector aggregates in the report as well. Una, you talk about that this uh, report provides three different scenarios, a high growth, uh, kind of a median growth and kind of a flat scenario, no yes. growth scenario. Um, and so we can use this study for our planning right now. But what economic indicators do you think then fundraisers should be watching for moving forward? What, what are the ones that are kind of, I mean, you look at dozens and dozens and you're trained as an economist at a doctoral level. For everyday fundraisers, what should they be keeping an eye on when they hear about these various economic reports? I would recommend looking at at least a few of those indicators. Mm -hmm. Economists tend to look at two different sets of indicators. One is what we call the financial sector, that is the stock market, mm -hmm. but also other uh, measures of uh, the financial sector performance. But then we also have the real sector, and that includes wages, mm -hmm. income, consumption growth, but also things like uh, unemployment as a driver. So tracking some financial sector indicators, but understanding the stock market is not the entire economy. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. also the real sector, whether that's looking at wages, income, uh, housing, could also be a way of temperature checking and making sure that your organization is on track with what's going on in the overall economy. So just from this initial information, people could hear a lot of good news. Well, foundations, because of the stock market, even with the decline late in 2018, when you look at four and five year averages is up something like 35% and foundations have their money in those stock accounts and have to give away at least 5% so they have more to give away. Um, you know, when they hear numbers like, you know, on average 3.4% gain, 4.1% gain, but what about warning signs? Were, were there, was there anything in the study that jumped out that a fundraiser should really uh, see some caution in based on, or, or at least it, you're saying, hey, keep an eye on this, this might happen in the future. What could potentially be negative in this report for a fundraiser? So for a fundraiser, one thing we highlight is what to look for going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, so particularly as we highlighted the stock market, volatility, uncertainty in the stock market can have a negative impact on overall giving simply because if individuals are less certain about their overall economic and financial position, they're going to give less. Similarly for foundations, since they do use a rolling average, stock market volatility in 2019 will have an impact on 2020 giving. So we do raise all of those um, indicators, lift them up so that not just tracking them looking backwards, but also going forward. Um, the other big question on the horizon is perhaps the government shutdown, mm -hmm. will that have 
have a long-lasting impact on the nonprofit sector. And we highlight uh, some of those additional factors and how they might affect individual organizations, subsectors, but also uh, particular parts of the country as well. Una, are there any highlights uh, in terms of subsectors? Are some expected to benefit more than others if we look at education or human services or the arts? Or are these data applied across all the subsectors? The report does look at some specific subsectors. Education is one of them, healthcare is another, and uh, over time we hope to expand uh, the overall number of subsectors that we look at. In general, we do see that education and health are also influenced by the stock market, uh, some other subsectors less so, and so it's important to realize that uh, for each fundraiser looking at the philanthropy outlook, it's important to place your own organization in that big picture. So if you're an education organization, uh, also looking at the types of donors that uh, support your organization year over year and what kinds of factors, economic factors, financial factors, will drive their own decision making. And so again, for our audience to know, uh, there are very smart, very talented people looking at the economic data. And what was happening with charitable giving when the economic data were at this level back in the past, using that to provide a forecast of what fundraising could be, not definitely will be, but could be in 2019, 2020, knowing we still need to pay attention moving forward with other economic indicators, such as the stock market, hiring data, wage data, and so forth. And, and Una, the analogy that I always use is this is kind of like the weather forecast. You know, it's not a guarantee of what the weather is going to be like three days from now, but we can kind of have a sense. Is that a good analogy? Is that how people should use this report? Absolutely. One thing I would recommend is that in other sectors, there's so many reports that you can turn to to get a sense of what the industry will look like. Mm -hmm. When we come to philanthropy and fundraising in particular, we don't have a lot of those resources mm -hmm. that give us those estimates, those projections, so that at least we can plan in the absence of data. It's very difficult to make those kinds of long-term decisions. So what I recommend, similar to what uh, Bill has just said, is to use the philanthropy outlook as a resource, uh, but also also to pull in other uh, factors that affect your organization so that you can make an informed set of decisions about uh, planning, resource allocation, but then also how to uh, staff and how to work with your donors. And of course, some of those other bedrock studies produced by the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy that UNA provides primary leadership on, Giving USA comes out in June. The High Net Worth Donor Study comes out every other year in the fall. Uh, the Philanthropy Outlook Study comes out every January. You kind of lay all of these together together and then most importantly always be talking to your donors. How is the economy affecting them? Talk to the foundations who know you. Talk to the businesses and corporations in your local area who fund you. That is going to be your best information and then these reports uh, taken together can help you with your planning. The Philanthropy Outlook Study is available for free on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. There's a research tab on the top bar. You click on that, you'll find the Philanthropy Outlook Study. You'll also find if you go forward slash the fundraising school, the 15 public courses in 15 U.S. cities offered by the fundraising school, as well as our quarterly webinars, our summer leadership roundtable, which Dr. Osley will be one of our featured speakers, uh, and also our weekly podcast. And by the way, if you're watching or listening to the podcast, hit that like button. It elevates us in the providers and helps more fundraisers be able to obtain this information. I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.